Presented by Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So glad to be here with you. I hope that you are enjoying a beautiful day wherever you are in this fine country. If your plans for today, tomorrow, the week ahead, the weekend ahead include fixing up your house, you're in exactly the right place because we're here to help. We've got the work Boots on, we've got the gloves on, we're wearing the safety glasses, we're ready to pick up the paintbrush, grab the drill. Leslie, don't touch the chainsaw, that's mine. <laughs> and get to work helping you with your projects. Help yourself first, though. If you do need some help, give us a call at one eight 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 money pit 888 You can also post your questions by clicking on the question button on moneypit.com. And by the way, you can call us anytime you're hearing this program, whether you're listening on a weekend, during a weekday, to the podcast, to the national radio show. Uh, whenever you have a question, you can call 888-MONEY-PIT. Our screening team will pick up the phone. They will take your information. If we're not in the studio, we'll call you back the next time we are. Hey, coming up on today's program, we're going to talk about downsizing. You know, it continues to be a really big trend these days. But if living small is just not for you, we're going to have some tips on ways you can make your life simpler and more affordable without shrinking your space. And also ahead, have you ever had a paint project that just didn't seem to dry right or maybe it wouldn't cover a stain or it peeled off faster than it should have? We've got some solutions to these paint predicaments coming up. And saving water is something that is often easier said than done. But rather than rely on your kids and family to use less water, there are new plumbing fixtures now that can actually do the water saving for you. They're super cool, but whatever your project is, water savings, energy savings, maybe you're redecorating for the upcoming spring season, whatever it is, we're here to give a hand. So give us a call because we'd love to help out. The number is one eight 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 money pit That's 888-666-3974. James in Colorado is on the line and has a question about a rusty window well. What's going on? So our home is about 14 years old, and we have some window wells that butt up right against to the driveway. And they've started having little quarter size or half dollar size rust pits that are coming through onto the inside of the window well. And I'm doing some things that mask that, but I just wonder in the long term, can I stop that from happening or what's going to be the long-term consequence of that? Yeah, um, probably not. You know, galvanized metal, as you probably know, there's different levels of galvanized and some of it's going to last longer than others. You mentioned this is near your driveway. I imagine there's probably some salt uh, getting there, perhaps in the winter, and that's corrosive as well. So I think this is just a state of wear that these window wells are experiencing. They do make window wells that are not steel. There's, there's, there's very sturdy plastic window wells that are available. Um, you know, these are, are these between sort of like the foundation wall and your driveway, and uh, are they, um, you know, covering... Uh, maybe half the way up the glass for the basement, or can you describe them to me? It it covers up almost the whole way of the glass. We're in a in a newer neighborhood, but it's designed to look like an older one with detached garages, and the right. space between the houses is narrow. So the driveway actually comes right up to the foundation, and so these window wells stick up about half a foot to a foot above the driveway. James, are you familiar with the Bilco company? They're they're kind of famous for the Bilco door, which is that sort of slanty metal door that helps people get into basements from the outside. They actually make a polyethylene window well that would replace the steel window well. Of course, 
you know, they're like a hundred bucks compared to like, you know, 20 bucks for the steel one. But those window wells are very attractive and sturdy, and you're not going to have any any problems with corrosion in the future with them. So there's an option for you. Perhaps if they get any worse and you get to the point where there's not look, not looking that great, you want to replace them, you might want to think about doing that. Okay, is it a pretty big deal to replace them? Not really. You're going to have to just dig out the old one. Uh, and um, what I would do is I would lay down a tarp so that you're collecting the soil on top of the tarp and not getting it all over the place. Uh, and then dig out the old one, you'll eventually be able to pull it right out. Half the time, I mean, they're designed to be bolted to the wall, but half the time they're not. So once you pull the soil away, you'll be able to remove it. And what I would do is I would get that window well, the new one set in there, and I would try to put a little bit of stone around the outside of the window well. And then what I would do is at the bottom of the window well on the window side, I would go, you know, a good three or four inches under where the window is for the basement, and I would put stone in there. And the reason you're doing that is because when it rains, uh, you won't get dirt and mud that splashes up on your basement window. Okay, thank you so much. This has been very helpful. I'll look up that company and, and see what some of their options are. All right. Good luck with the project, James. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Now we're heading to Missouri where Vonda's on the line with some questions about settling or some perhaps structural issues at home. What's going on? We have an 1886-year-old home, two-story. The uh, stairs were moved at one point to more of a central from the hallway. It did come up at her bedroom. And we're assuming that it wasn't supported good enough because the only floors that slope are right there from the outside wall to the head of the stairs. And what can we do to level them, or will we ruin our plaster if we level them. That is not actually not unusual in a house of that age because the stairwells where they're cut into the floor structure, that's usually the weakest area. I mean, today we frame things a little bit differently. So when you get settlement, you usually get it in that area. In an old house, if you try to restore the level of the of the floor by, by jacking it or any, any kind of movement, it's really not a good idea because you'll cause a lot more damage both to the plaster and also to the mechanical systems that have settled in place there. You imagine you might be stretching wires or pipes in that, in that process. I think that that adds up to be sort of the charm part of owning an older house, those sloping floors. Now, if you had a section where it was really necessary to uh, to uh, level them again, like say perhaps in a kitchen or something like that, then then you might add a floor leveling compound on top of that. But unless there's a reason to, I would not do anything to try to re-level those. Now, if the plaster is getting loose, that is uh, also a condition of older homes because the plaster where it was attached to the ceiling, if it's plaster lath like most of them are, the plaster where it, where it sort of spread through the lath and was sort of holding on to the ceiling, that weakens. So you have a couple of options there. There are fasteners. They look like big fender washers where they're like really big wide washers that you drive up underneath the plaster and it pulls up that loose plaster and then you can kind of spackle over those. Uh, or the other thing that you could potentially do is you could put another layer of drywall over the old plaster. I've actually done this both ways in my house. In one case, I actually tore out the plaster in one area of the home and drywalled it. And then after doing that and realizing how much extra work I'd made for myself, I got smarter the second time around 
and I got some three-eighths of an inch thick drywall, which is thinner than you would normally use for a wall, and then I put it on top of the old plaster and attached it through that plaster into the wood structure, and I was a lot happier. I did have to extend you know, the window jams a little bit and, and the outlets and, and all of that, but it was a very easy thing to do, and I had a very minimal amount of spackling to do when I was done, as opposed to you know needing a dumpster to take out a ton of very heavy plaster uh, from those ceilings and the walls and the rooms that I worked in. So I would basically, what I'm basically saying is I would not worry about the sloping. I would try to secure the loose plaster because you don't want it to fall down, um, either by repairing it in place um, or by uh, covering over it with, uh, with new uh, drywall. And are fender washers uh, easily found? They're not actually called fender washers. They kind of look that way. They're, they're actually called plaster washers, and they're really wide washers, kind of like a fender washer, but the difference is this. they got a bunch of little holes in them. Okay. And the reason they have the holes in them is because that basically lets the plaster sort of stick to it when you're putting that coat over the whole thing. Believe it or not, you can find them on Amazon.com. So just search for plaster washers. Okay. They're inexpensive. A, a box of 100 costs you about 15 bucks. My husband will give you a big thumbs up because he wasn't wanting to level the floor, but right. I was wanting to. So awesome. I thank you for your help. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at 888 Money Pen. Hey, so sometimes it's a big project and sometimes it's a little project. We're not going to put you through more work than we have to. So if you're contemplating a job and, you know, sometimes you're afraid to call because you're thinking, oh, it's going to be bad news. Well, as we just found out from Vonda, not always. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, 
fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Charlie in Massachusetts is on the line and has a question about some crumbly walls. What is going on at your Money Pit? I have um, uh, an older house, and uh, the cellar walls are are um, kind of made of stone and cement, and I want to know how I can firm them up. So why do you want to, to firm them up, Charlie? What are, what are you seeing that uh, gives you some concern about their structural integrity? The crumbling of, uh, um, you know, on the ground, the... Uh, it's always I'm always uh, vacuum backing up the um, the old cement. Is it like like white crusty? Yeah, uh, yes. chunks and pieces of okay. So I think what you're probably mostly seeing is mineral salt deposit. Uh, that white grayish white stuff that forms and falls is basically what's left over when moisture gets into the wall and evaporates, and then it, it leaves okay. behind salt, and then just sort of builds up on top of that. If that's what you're seeing. Uh, what you want to try to do is reduce the amount of moisture that's getting against those walls. It's actually not as hard as it might sound because outside your house, the number one way that moisture gets into those lower grade spaces is through issues that have to do with the gutter system. Either their downspouts, the, the gutters are clogged or the downspouts are not ex- extended out away from the foundation. But if you address okay. those moisture issues, and we have a great post on moneypit.com. It's one of our most popular ever, and it's how to stop a, a basement from leaking. And this advice implies to your situation just because you're not looking at puddles of water down there it's still the same thing just too much moisture getting against the foundation walls so if you improve the drainage outside uh, and also take a look at your grading and making sure that the soil is sloping away from the walls and there's nothing sort of impeding the flow uh you know if you've got a mulch or you've got like uh, beds planter beds or something like this it's holding water against the walls you can keep that water away you will find that that will um that will stop most of this from what from happening now if you okay. happen to notice that the that the mortar in between the found the foundation bricks or blocks or whatever it is is starting to crack uh, that is actually not uncommon either and in an older house you have to break out uh, some of that loose mortar and and put new port mortar in that's called pointing it's a masonry term pointing, what you have to right. do is do yep. some re, some repointing uh, you know is it a DIY project probably there's a mix of mortar that you make for that that has a little more lime in it that makes it stickier so it's easier. Uh, but it's also not hard for a mason to do that. It's a, it's a pretty, you know, it's a day, days long job. Uh, but if you're right. just looking at that white crusty stuff, that's mineral salt deposit and that's coming from water. 
So look up okay. that post on moneypit.com on, on how to stop a basement from leaking. Just search it in the search box. You'll find it. Uh, and, uh, and you'll, you'll tell, you'll tell when you're there because there's about 40 or 50 comments on it. And it's amusing <laughs> because the home inspectors that listen to me, uh, will reinforce the advice in that post. And the water, waterproofer proofing contractors hate me because I'm telling people how to fix this without spending 20 grand on sump pumps and drain pipes. So exactly, it kind of yeah. goes back and forth. But anyway, I yeah. think that will solve your problem and it'll make that basement right. nice and dry and hopefully a little more usable for you. All right. That's great. I appreciate that. All right, Charlie. Good luck with that project. Let us know how you make out. I will. Thank you. Well, savings and simplicity, those two terms have fueled the recent trend in downsizing. But with more and more homeowners moving into smaller homes, is this something that you are ready for yourself? If your goal is to make life less expensive and more relaxing, there are a lot of ways to do that, though, but you don't necessarily have to go super small. Yeah, first of all, you should think about simply lightening the load. I mean, we all have a ton of stuff. Everybody's spaces and cabinets and closets are sort of filled to capacity. So look at your current belongings, whether it's furniture or all of that stuff that you've got tucked away, then edit it down to what you really need and what you want to have around you. And that's going to uncover both living and storage space that you didn't even realize that you had. Now, after you whittle down your downsized belongings to just the essentials, you might even make a little cash by selling that excess through a yard sale, garage sale. They're kind of fun. I mean, it's kind of a frenzy. When my grandma passed away, we did one of those at her big house. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. (laughs) What a unique crowd of people. There's everybody looking for specific finds. It was very cool. So you could make some money and have a day of fun. Yeah, whatever time you tell the folks it's going to start, they start showing up about two hours before that. So just be ready for that. Now, listen, after you have kind of thinned out everything you have, you can should be reorganizing what's left. And it becomes a lot easier when you're dealing with less stuff. That's why you want to sort of thin things out first. So revamp closets or any other storage space for efficiency. You can use do-it-yourself shelving, modular storage. You can use the kinds of solutions that are offered by retailers. You can also add convenience with double-duty furnishings like ottomans, for example, that's, that will sort of contain storage space. And once that's all done, it is time to do some staging. You want to arrange your favorite furniture for a welcoming sort of clutter-free feel and put some smart pieces like nesting tables and convertible seating to work in those busy living areas. And you also want to think about the fact that you're planning on staying in your space a while. I mean, you've gotten it all organized. Maybe you're going to age in place in this home. So why not think about a design concept that we call universal design? Now, that means accommodating a range of all ages, all abilities around your home with barrier-free floor plans, smart fixtures, and pretty much all-around easy access. Now, a few small changes is not only going to help you enjoy your home for a longer period of time, but it's also going to make for smoother traffic flow. Now, think about lever door handles? Are you constantly walking around the house? Maybe you've got laundry baskets or lots of supplies or you're carrying things up and down and you go to turn a doorknob, but you can't do it. So a lever handle is going to help so you can use it with your elbow. That's just good use and it's going to help make things a lot easier around the house. There's lots of stuff that you can do, multiple surface heights in the kitchen or maybe the laundry room or even sort of a study space so that you've got something where you can sit, something where you can stand working, lots of different things that'll help you just better enjoy the house, but also use it further into the future. So I think if you take on some of these projects, you're just going to feel a lot less stressed because downsizing your life might not be your first choice when budgets are tight. But if you do it well, it is a way to cut costs and clutter and get a little more relaxed in your house without sacrificing those personal spaces that you love or your style. 
Hey, if you've got some questions about getting organized or fixing up your home, we'd love to chat with you right now. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim in Tennessee is on the line with a concrete cracking up issue. Tell us what's going on. Yes, I have a concrete driveway that every winter uh, it seems to, the cracks seem to separate. Yep. I've I've used several different things, like uh, cement, but the cement crumbles. Um, Of course it does, Jim. (laughs) <laughs> because cement is not a good uh, patching material. It oh, doesn't okay. expand and contract. It doesn't stick properly. What you need is an epoxy patching compound. Epoxy compounds are designed specifically to stick to the concrete uh, floor that you have and to not crack and recrack. Anytime you try to use regular cement and fill something in, there's just not enough uh, uh, base there, so to speak, mm-hmm. and it will continue to open and close and expand expanding a track and turn into little chunks of, of concrete that will fall out. Oh, great. Hey, I, I had no idea. <laughs> and it's an easy fix. Take a look at the uh, QuickCrete website. Uh, there's a number of products out there designed specifically for this, but make sure it's a patching compound, and it'll do a much better job. Hey, we love your show. I tell you, you get a lot of good tips on it. Thanks, Jim. All right, now we've got Stephanie on the line from Tennessee who needs some help around the money pit. What's going on? We have a somewhat, it's not a shower wrap. Two walls is of a acrylic type material, marble looking. And then right. it has a glass door with a look through glass side. I was in the shower and it sounds like little pop, 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 pops. Now I notice I have little teeny spider cracks, just real thin on the side wall. So I let the shower dry, put Gorilla Tape, waterproof Gorilla Tape on it, (laughs) so it wouldn't get any more wet. What, no duct tape was available? (laughs) Duct tape and Gorilla Tape is everybody's best friend. There you go. But I put it on there to prevent more moisture in there. Right. But it just made these little spider marks. I haven't had any more. You can barely see them, but I really don't want to tear out a shower. So the sides are acrylic? Yes, it's like acrylic marble. The head wall where the faucet and the shower head is, and the side right. where the soap dish is in the shower stall. Okay, so it's kind of like um like a liner almost. It sounds like that's over the wall structure. That's acrylic. Does that sound about uh-huh. right? Are these cracks all the way through, or are they just on the surface? Because it might be the glazing on top of the acrylic. Okay, actually, I believe they're on the surface. And they okay. all seem to originate from the uh, uh, the embedded, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, soap dish. Yeah. But they're just spider and, you know, yeah. but there's you can't feel them. You, you probably stressed that part of the liner. Maybe you grab on the soap dish. I don't know. Plus, it's uh, you know it's an area where you're going to have uh, an expansion and contraction pattern that's different than the rest of it. If they're not going through, they're just the surface. I would not worry about that. I'll give you one trick of the trade to kind of uh, maybe make them less obvious, and that is if you were to apply 
car wax to the walls of the shower, not the uh-huh. floor, all right, because you're going to slip right. and, and uh, break something. Oh, yeah. But to the walls, you will find that that will buff in really nicely, uh, and the water will, of course, you know, run right off it. And I think it might help to hide some of those spider vein kinds of cracks, the same way it does that on the finish of a car. Oh, great idea. Because actually okay. we're going to be selling our house in about six months, and I was like, I'm trying to be ahead of the ball game on things I know I need to address without well, here's what you do. You do go the ahead whole and... enchilada. Here's what you do. You polish up that shower, right? And when you sell your house, you take a brand-new can of car wax, and you put a bow on it, and you make that the housewarming gift for the new owners. <laughs> and then you can tell them about your call with the money pit and explain to them how to use it. <laughs> hey, I really appreciate that. I really do. I listen to y'all's show. A lot of good information. We appreciate you down here in Tennessee. All right, Stephanie. Thanks so much for giving us a call at one eighty eight Money Pit, and good luck with the project. Well, when it comes to painting, the pros have some closely guarded secrets that they don't want us to know about. Of course, when you do the job every day like they do, you're going to perfect your techniques over time and develop a level of expertise that the rest of us just can't touch. But we can still try to brush up on our skills. Yeah, so let's start with a key element of any paint project, the primer. Now, the primer is what makes sure the paint actually sticks, and it can also hide whatever you're trying to cover. The pro trick, though, is to tint that primer. You want to choose gray or a color that's very similar to the finished paint color. And compared to plain white primer, it does a much better job of hiding the existing paint that you're trying to go over. So the finished coat will be more vibrant and may require fewer coats in the long run. Now, you might find when you're doing a painting project around the house that you end up seeing ugly brush marks, and when the pros do it, you just don't get that. Now, the secret to a finish that's free of lap and brush marks is mixing in a paint extender, and it's also called a paint conditioner. Now, you mix it into the paint you've purchased, and this is going to do two things. First of all, it's going to slow down the paint drying time, which is going to give you a longer window to overlap those just-painted areas without getting those ugly lap marks that happen when you paint over or a dried paint and then darken that color. Second, that paint extender levels out the paint so brush strokes are virtually eliminated or at least they become that much less obvious. And it looks so great when it goes on because it just goes on so smooth. And here's one of my favorite tricks of the trade. and It has to do with the protection that you use for floors and furniture. Now, how many folks have used old bed sheets or old uh, blankets or things like this plastic sheeting, right, when you're getting ready to paint? The pros never do that. What they use is canvas. And the reason is because the plastic sheets don't stop the splatters and the spills. If you're using like old bed sheets and stuff like that, the paint just goes right through it. But if you use canvas, it's not slippery and it absorbs the paint. It's still a good practice, though, to wipe up those large spills so they don't bleed through. But canvas is the hot ticket. So that's why pros use those heavy canvas drop cloths because they just do a much better job of protecting whatever's underneath. Yeah, and here's one last trick of the trade. It's how do you get the paint on the brush? Is there a right way? Is there a wrong way? Well, there actually is a better way to do it. So to get the most mileage out of a single fill-up and make fewer trips to the paint container, pros take a load-and-go approach. They load the bottom inch and a half of their brushes with paint, 
tap against the inside of the paint container, knock off the heavy drips, then start painting. Now, the contrast here is that homeowners often take a load and dump approach where they drag that loaded brush along the sides of the container and then wipe off most of the paint. It doesn't do you any good to dunk your brush in the paint and then wipe it all off. Now, to stop paint from bleeding through, there's one more trick that has to do with painter's tape. And that is, after you apply the tape, you want to run a putty knife over the top to press it down for a really good seal. If you do that, once it dries and you pull the tape up, you'll have a very sharp and crisp line. So, you know, painting is one of those things that everybody thinks they can do. I don't think too many people appreciate the skills that it takes to become a really good painter, but whether you're a pro or just a DIYer, if you follow these tips, your projects are going to come out a heck of a lot better. Jan in Kansas is on the line with a home that seems to be cracking up. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've got a lot of problems. Uh, it's an old house. It's uh, over 50 years old. You have a lot of opportunities, Jan, not a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got some cracks in the wall, and I have okay. one crack that is uh, going from the dining room to the kitchen, and I believe it's cracking on both sides of the wall, same okay. crack. Uh, you said it's 50 years old. Do you know if it's plaster lath? It's sheetrock. It's drywall? Okay. So, you know, fixing that is not a big deal. The thing is that most people usually fix it incorrectly. What they'll do is they'll try to spackle it. And by spackling it, you're pretty much guaranteeing that it's going to re-crack. What you have to do is, is sand down the area so you get rid of any glaze from the paint or dirt or anything like that. And then you're going to cover it with drywall tape. And you want to use the mesh type of tape that's sticky. So you put a strip of tape across the crack, and then you spackle right over that tape. And you'll use three layers of spackle. And the easiest way to apply this is if you buy the plastic uh, spackling knives. You can buy one that starts at around four inches, then you go to six, then you go to eight. And they're pretty inexpensive. And you use that to apply the spackle, and you sand in between each coat. And then you prime and paint, and you're done. So those are the proper steps. Where most people go wrong is they just try to do a quick and dirty spackling job, and they wonder why it cracks again and again and again. Because that's basically an expansion joint right now. And unless you spread the repair across both sides of it with new drywall tape, it will continue to show up. Well, saving water is becoming more and more important, but rather than relying on your kids and your family to use less water, updating your plumbing fixtures can actually do the water savings for you. It's actually a very simple pro plumbing project. Yep, and we've got a few tips on how to find the faucets, toilets, showers, and sprinklers that can do that job without wasting water in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. So first, let's talk about those toilets. They can last for decades, making them pretty much one of the most durable plumbing fixtures in the house. But while they don't really kind of wear out, those old toilets can waste plenty of water with every flush. Instead, you want to switch to WaterSense certified toilets. Yeah, now WaterSense is a program that's run by the EPA. And just like the Energy Star program, it helps consumers find products that save energy. Now, WaterSense is designed to help consumers identify projects that will save water. But to qualify, a product has got to be certified to use at least 20% less water, save energy, and perform as well or better than the regular models. Now, besides toilets, if you were to also replace your bathroom faucet and shower head, the EPA says you could actually save 26,000 gallons of water a year, create 380 fewer pounds of greenhouse gas emissions, and reduce your utility bills by 250 bucks. So that's a lot of good for not 
a big update. Yeah, and speaking of utility bills, if you use less water, you also use less natural gas or electricity to heat that water, so it's all going to add up. Plus, besides bathrooms or kitchens, water sense fixtures are also available for outdoors, for your lawn sprinklers, rain controllers, and other irrigation products. You can update those as well to help you avoid wasting water while still enjoying that beautiful landscape. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area and book appointments online, all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Paul in Missouri is on the line with a clay residue in the water system. Tell us what's going on and where you're seeing it. Yes, I'm seeing it in the um, kitchen faucet, mostly in the bathroom faucet. Okay. Um, the well's... 230 foot down with casing the whole way. So you can pick up a whole house filter. It's actually called a whole house sediment filter. And and the way these work is that we're not talking about treating the water. We're talking about filtering the water. So there's going to be a micron rating that basically tells you how small of a particle it will trap. It'll usually be five microns or 10 microns. And the other thing that's important to note is the pressure drop because it does take away some of the pressure, and so you want to make sure that you have enough pressure that flows through it. So if you simply search whole house filters online, you'll find a bazillion choices. And then if you hand out to your local plumbing supply and ask them for a sediment filter, tell them your situation. I'm sure your local plumbing supply contractors or retailers um, can recommend one that's going to work for you. Not terribly difficult to install, and that should handle the sediment issue that you're having in the house, okay? Okay, sir. I appreciate it. Good luck with that project, Paul, and thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You can always ask us right here at the Money Pit. You can post your questions right on our Facebook page or right through the website. I've got one here from Priscilla in Georgia who writes, Our laundry room is in the garage. With the unusually cold temperatures, our pipe that supplies water to the washer keeps freezing. Fortunately, it hasn't burst. I'm going to add in yet. But (laughs) we have to keep a space (laughs) heater in there, though, just to keep it warm enough that it doesn't freeze. And so we can have a water supply to continue to do our laundry on a regular basis. Is there anything else we should do? I hate leaving the space heater on too long or unattended, especially in the garage. Well, look, I mean, having the washer and the dryer in an unheated space like that is not a good idea. If there's anything you can do outside of that, you really should be doing it. And by the way, I don't know if you've thought of this or not, but most full-size washers and dryers can be stacked as long as they're front load, of course. We have a full-size washer and dryer in our second floor laundry room, and we had the room for them side by side, but I noticed, Leslie, that with all that horizontal surface, you know, with kids, it just stuff just piles up on top. So I'm like, I got a solution here. I'm going to stack them. And I did. We have so much more room now in that space. So if there's a way you can stack these and move them inside, you'd be better off. If you can't do that, the least that you should do is you should arrange to have the water supply line to that washer with a valve on the inside of the house. It's probably going to be coming up in the wall between the house and the garage. So you may be able to put a shutoff that um, goes to the inside of the house. And this way, when you're done with the washer, you can turn that line off. And if the pipes on the cold side of that freeze and break, you're just going to get a few drops of water out of that. The flip side is that if you don't do that in the freezing break, you're going to flood the garage and your neighbor's going to be calling you when there's a sheet of ice going down the road outside 
of your house. So you really need to think about that. It's a shame that you have to spend all this money and all this energy uh, and be so concerned about the safety of your house and the stress associated with that just to keep those pipes from freezing uh, with that space heater. And even if you were to use something like a heat tape, not a big fan of that as a permanent appliance. Heat tape is used when the pipes freeze and you need to thaw them out, but it's not something you should be on 24-7. Plus, it's expensive to run. So I think the best solution here, uh, if you can't move the washer and the dryer to the inside of your house, is to install a shutoff valve on the inside so you can protect those outside lines from freezing. All right, next up, Rachel writes, I want to convert my electric range to a gas range, but when the tech came to connect the gas, they told me they couldn't because the local code requires 18 inches of clearance from the top of the counter to the bottom of the upper cabinets. Our clearance was three quarters of an inch short. Our options seem to be to cut the cabinets to lower them or just cancel the project. What do you suggest without breaking the bank? Yeah, there's another option. Forget gas. It's not worth it. It would take major work to lower the cabinets, plus the cost of the gas lines. You need a 120-volt outlet. To stick with the electric. Upgrade in the future when you replace the cabinets. But this one project, it will never pay, pay you back to do all that work just for the pleasure of having a gas range. That's pretty solid advice, Rachel. And let me tell you, electric ranges, you can actually get some convection options that are super fast and really effective. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you for spending this part of your day with us. We hope we've answered some questions that you had swirling around your head about how to improve your Money Pit. If you've got more questions, remember, you can reach out to us anytime you hear this program by calling 1-888-MONEY-PIT. If we are not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.